Hi Rachel, what are you doing? Oh, I'm recording my new podcast. What's that called? Lessons from Loss. What's that all about? Well, it's about sharing our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we've learnt from it. You think I could learn from this? Yeah, I reckon you probably could. Who's the first person you're interviewing? Greg Ward. Who's Greg? He's an artist. Why are you interviewing him first? Well, he's going to be talking about how art basically turned his life around after loss. That's pretty interesting. Let's go. So today I'm delighted to be speaking to Greg Ward, now an artist exhibiting internationally and undertaking further studies in art with a vision to help men express themselves through art to find hope and positivity where previously they thought there was none. But a few years ago, life was very different for Greg as he was dealing with the loss of any meaningful relationship with his two children as a result of his failed marriage. And things came to a head in 2017 when faced with a life-threatening sudden illness and the passing of his dad and mum's partner. Now, I first met Greg through the running world in about 2013, I think. So what was going on for you then, Greg? Well, effectively, um, I was doing the ostrich with the head in, head in the sand men's thing of I'm fine. Um, when I really I wasn't, I hadn't dealt with the loss of my children um, or the marriage breakdown at all. I'd just done the typical, yeah, I'm fine, I'm a man, um, no problems, doesn't bother me, uh, but it did. But I just didn't want to talk about it or didn't know how to talk about it, I think would be a better way to describe it. Um, I was brought up in a very tight-lipped community of men get on with it 2017 sort of things came to a head with obviously the um it was appendicitis you had wasn't it yes and you uh, lost my, your father and your mum's partner yeah. yeah so effectively my dad died um through his alcoholism um my mum's partner who had almost become a sort of stepdad over sort of 10 years 12 mm. years um, basically died very quickly of lung cancer, which shocked everybody. And on top of that, because all things come in three, I, I very nearly wasn't here through appendicitis. And uh, it really just came to a head all in one go. Yeah. And it, 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 it absolutely floored me, um, apart from appendicitis, but it, it floored me mentally. I just didn't quite really know where to go, what to turn to. Um, I'd also been doing a lot of running up until that point. And there's there's a law about this called Sod's Law that I'd given up. I'd mm-hmm. stopped running. And so you'd lost that sense of community as well then, or your, your yeah. a sense of purpose, perhaps. Totally, totally. And, and all the, the rush of running and all the rest of it. Um, but all I was doing really, now I can see back to it with all the running, was I was running away from my problems. I wasn't dealing with it. I was running, so I was so physically tired that I would sleep at night and I wouldn't have the night demons in my head. That my body was so physically smashed, it had to sleep. There was no, mm. there was no choice for it. Um, did but that then, work? Course, for years, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, I still sometimes had bad nights, but I, I'd have, I could sleep five out of seven nights. I, I could deal with that. 
Um, but then, of course, then in 17, or back end of 16, coming into 17, I stopped running, got busy doing other things. And it really you got all, married in 2016, didn't you? Which 2016 was a, to the best person in the world. <laughs> and um, it it all came to a head with me then effectively doing a, a trip out to Patagonia to an off-the-grid ranch. Yeah, um, so how did that come about? It came about through a daft phone call that I get sometimes and someone asking me, can I build them a log cabin? Nice. Um, did I build did I build them the hunting lot did I build the hunting lodge in the Cairngorms and I'm like yes I did can you build me one and I was expecting him to say Milton Keynes yeah or somewhere like that and uh Newport Pagnell or something and uh, he said Patagonia and I just I had to say to him on the phone well where's that <laughs> and, and I didn't really sort of take it as being serious until we did a sort of a couple of video mails with each other and it all turned out and effectively I was going to go for six months. Mm. And uh, then my appendicitis kicked in and it ended up only being three months. Um, and myself and Jan went out there. Um, Jan did a few weeks because she's got a proper job. And um, I stayed out there for three months and I actually had the time and the space to reevaluate myself and yeah. to work hard um, still having the night demons, but be able to um, actually have time for myself for once mm. and actually sit there and actually think about things. And and uh, when I came back in 18, because I was out there over the Christmas, um, thinking, right, well, things need to change. Um, this is how, you know, we need to progress forward. Um unbeknown to me at this time um there had been major ructions between my mum and my ex's mother and they had basically then said I'd caused the whole thing I hadn't even been in the country for four months um totally uncontactable but basically they told my children a whole load of lies and I've never I haven't spoken spoken to my children since that must have been so tough having got to the point of sort of going through what was already a really tough year in 2017. Yeah, exactly. And I think rightly you were, it was touch and go whether you were going to pull through with the appendix. Yeah, you was. got sepsis, didn't you, afterwards? Yeah, and it another couple of hours. And if I'd have yeah. gone into the, a couple of hours later, I wouldn't be here telling the tale. And so exactly to, what the surgeon said. Mm, so to have had that time in Patagonia where you sort of came back thinking, that's it, life's back on track now, I know where I am. Yeah. Yeah, to to arrive that back that, that day. Lasted, and... Yeah, literally the next day, mm. and and the whole thing kicked off all over again, and it it, it really made me struggle through eighteen. Um, but I'd I'd always and I started to draw. Why I'd, I I don't know okay. why. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you why. What sort of what what prompted you to first pick up a was it a so it was a drawing that you did? It was a pencil drawing, was it? Pencil drawings that I've always done, um, and but not not to any real extent, just doodles really, but a bit more, a bit better than just a doodle. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, and it just started coming out, and. Um, also, it was a conversation that we'd had back in 17 
with my mum at Chicago Marathon. We'd gone off for the week to do Chicago Marathon. My lovely wife, Jan, had, had got a place and, and ran it. And my mum said, I want to go to the uh, National Gallery in Chicago. So we said, OK, that's fine. Off we went. And we're looking around and looking at all the pictures. And my mum's more into art than I ever was. And anyway, she stopped at this great big white wall with gold brick in it and was giving it all the head wobbles and looking this way and that way. And, and anyway, cut a long story short, I said, how can you call that art? It's a gold brick in a white wall. And of course, mum's always know best. I got my fortune told in no uncertain terms. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the, the short and the long of it was, my mum turned around and said, if you can do better, why don't you? And here we are today. That, that, I think, was really the catalyst that started it okay. because it was a challenge. Somebody had challenged me to do something that they thought I couldn't do. And, I, mm. and I'm a bit of a stickler for that. And I, 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 do, I do like a, a good challenge. So, so how did it sort of progress on then from just doing the, you know, a, a few drawings? How did what what sort of steps did you take to to get to where you are now with sort of exhibiting in the Saatchi Gallery and, and um, you know, fantastic stuff like that. Well, really, it, it was it was then I sort of spent the, the back end of 18 before I went back out to Patagonia again, um, just fiddling about, really, not really having any sense of direction, not really knowing what I was doing or how to do it or anything, really. Just just. But it was all coming out. It was just it was just like somebody and this is one of the conversations I'd had with my mum is that I'm scared I'm really scared because if I start this I'm taking the lid off Pandora's box mm. and it will all come out and I, I can I can keep the lid nailed on but yeah. as soon as the lid comes off I can't stop it and I was a bit cautious about it anyway we move forward a little bit and we go to the end of 18 coming into 19, um, or no, 17 to 18, sorry. And I went back out to Patagonia again. This, the crew out there this time were much more arty. Okay. And um, I don't want to say it's a hippie commune, but it, it's of that ethic. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very, everybody helps everybody else. And it, it is cool. It's a really cool place. Yeah. And anyway, the owners said, right, everyone's a bit arty this time around. We're going to have an art competition. Okay. You've got two weeks and I want an art piece. Everybody's here and everybody has to do something. And I don't what, care. What, and what sort of materials did you have? Because you... Whatever you can find. Yeah, now so just kind of from nature and... Yep, it can be a carving, it can be a statue, it can be a poem, it can be a song. You can sing. It's art in its true form. Mm. You can do performance art. You can paint. You can draw. You can, you can, you can, whatever. It's art in its broadest term. So anyway, we all did something. And this time, because I'd known I have downtime out there, I'd taken watercolours, pads, pencils, coloured pencils with me. And effectively, I did some little paintings put them in, and they all went, wow. I didn't know you could do that. I said, well, to tell you the truth, I didn't know I could do that either. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that question. <laughs> and and, and it, just, it just sort of come out. And effectively, they all turned around and said to me, when you get back home, you are going to have to do something with this. 
you can't just not do anything. And that's effectively how it all started. So then I sort of started a bit more thinking, right, okay, I'll start to, I'll teach myself to paint then. So I started with watercolours, couldn't get on with them, too watery, not bright enough colours. I like bright colours. So then onto acrylics. Um, but all my paintings, although they were bright, were all very dark. The, the, the thoughts behind them were very dark. Okay. I got very, I got very into the sugar skulls, the Mexican Day of the Dead, and all that sort of stuff. Um, did you ever have a plan as to what you were going to, you know, did you did you sort of pick a no, subject or did it just sort of no, come from whatever you were feeling up. that day? Yeah, I just I paint emotionally, mm. and um, I would do I would do a puppet master with puppets with my children dangling on strings. Um, real so dark quite stuff. symbolic stuff as well uh, oh oh totally over, over a coffin with the, the future of men is dead and do you know what i mean all, mm. all this sort of stuff in floods of tears as i was doing it but actually i i, I kind of dealt with it there and and it just came out and i couldn't stop it and this is the pandora's box that i was talking about yeah so it was well and truly and, opened at this point oh by this time i'd blown it it'd been dynamited and um, it, 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 I did, it was like that for months, months and months. And it just, just came out and came out and came out. Then all of a sudden, one day, I didn't feel like that anymore. And I still like the bright colours. And sometimes I still touch on subjects and sometimes I don't. Mm. But that's when I then realised, wow, what a powerful thing art is. And how can I help other people with all the loss and all the trouble and all the trauma that I've been through? What a wonderful thing. And we then got involved with Calm. So what's, what's Calm? Miserably, campaigning against living miserably. So what do they, what are they, who, who or what are they aimed at? They're a charity, they're a charity based about okay. the fact that one in four deaths in men under 50 is suicide. Okay, um, so it's, it's a kind of a, a male orientated charity then yeah, and for yeah, sort of suicide yes, prevention and awareness. Yes, um, which... I didn't have any idea who it was. I had nothing to do, never heard of them before at all. And I've been doing some artwork and Jan was starting to say, my wife was starting to say to me, um, you need to get enter a competition. You need to put some of these pieces in somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not good enough. I'm not a professional artist. All I do is lodge a few colours about. And, you know, it makes me happy. And, and I'm, I'm happy. Anyway, cut a long story short, she entered me into a competition, not telling me, which is probably a good idea at the time. <laughs> and uh, she entered four pieces and three got in. And after they got in, she then told me it was for, for Saatchi up in London. And oh. I went up the wall, down the wall, round the other side. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed um, because it's just like, well, I'm nobody. And they're all professional artists. And uh, even to the point, I didn't even go to the VIP night. Jan went. I didn't go. Oh, gosh, really? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm, not, I, I'm just Greg. I'm not, I'm not an artist. I'm just Greg. Well, all the paintings did very, very well. They all sold. We didn't come home with anything. Wow. How and did that feel? Oh, amazing, because I'd gone up on the Saturday after the VIP night and stood by and had a sort of little picture taken and had a walk about and thought, oh, my God, look at look how good all the rest of everybody else is and look at mine. 
But I then sort of suddenly start to realise that actually mine are very different because mine are painted emotionally. What the subject was, was about was walking from darkness into light, which is exactly, I'd take it in a literal term. Stamping on darkness was another one that I'd done. Um, and that's, that's basically just how it started to progress. Mm. And then I sort of started to think, well, actually, if I can do that, I wonder where else I can go. I wonder yeah. what else I can achieve. And um, basically, it's just bubbled and boiled from there. And now I'm now doing a full-blown art degree so I can move forward and I can teach now other men how to express themselves through art. Wow. And if I can just save one... It's all all this trouble and all these problems have been worthwhile. Yeah, that that is what I want to do now. I this this whole art thing has no financial interest for me at all. We sell art, we do sell art, and I've just done an art show and sold another fifteen paintings. Oh, well done. You know, but all that's doing is funding the next one, so I have enough supplies and enough stock that I can basically give other people almost free lessons to be able to express themselves and hopefully help somebody else out. That's what it's about. And to, to it's think as simple that, as that. And that that has all, you know, do you think that you would have come across this path, this journey, if it hadn't have been, you know, for the, the losses, obviously, you know, sort of all the the loss of the relationship with your children over all those years leading up to 2017 and then you know that that huge sort of year of loss for you no no i mean i i i i i went around being a typical man tried to deal with the whole situation in in previous to 17 with drug addiction um drinking too much um racing my cars Mm. And just not caring whether I lived or died. Um, just no real care in life. Didn't care if I see today or tomorrow. Yeah. Not interested, really. You know, um, and to have come through all of that, I can now see it. And I can see it in other men that I talk to now. And, and also, because I work as a landscape gardener in the trades, as they call it, it's a very macho image and it's a very macho mm -hmm. business. And to say that you don't feel well, as in mentally well, a lot of guys are very scared to do that because you'll get the mick taken out of you and all the rest of it. And there's still a lot of that around. Although, yes, people are talking about it more, they're not, if that makes any sense. You know, I don't, I don't want to go off piece, but it's like the whole racism thing with the Euro football just happened now. Do you know what I mean? Surely we've dealt with all of that, haven't we? Yeah. We haven't really, have we? It's and men's mental health is exactly, exactly the same thing. We're talking about it, but it's still there. It's still going still not on. not dealing with it, but we're talking about it. But but my, my thing to order this is if you're not a part of the solution, then maybe you're a part of the problem. And that's why I'm doing something about it not just talking about it, actually actively taking people on and having them in my art studio and getting them to paint, getting them to draw, getting them to, to, to actually produce something and actually get them to explain how they've done that, why they've done that. 
And are you seeing I, them responding well to that? Yes, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, when they start out, you're, I can't draw. Well, here, there you are, right? There's some paper, there's a pencil, now make a mark. What do you mean, make a mark? Well, move the pencil on the paper. So they, right, you've now drawn something. So don't ever tell me that again. Don't ever tell me you can't draw because you've just drawn something. Art, there are no rights and no wrongs. So therefore, that's your interpretation of a squirrel. It doesn't have to look exactly like that squirrel. It, it, if you have a room of 10 people and you put a football or a pineapple even, say, let's say a pineapple, draw a pineapple. I want 10 different versions of that pineapple because mm. they're individual people with individual yeah. feelings. I don't want carbon copies because we're not all alike. No. Art shouldn't be alike either. No, because that would just be so boring, wouldn't it? But Exactly. Everybody's realities are are different. Everyone's emotions and, and feelings Absolutely. and responses to, to the challenges they face in life are all different, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, so I guess art gives them the sort of ultimate freedom of expression, really, to... Yeah, to be able totally. to work through their emotions. Yeah, yeah, it's it's saved it's saved, it's saved my backside for an absolute fact. Absolute so fact. the first, so the first, um, one of the first pieces that went in that competition. That so the competition was run by Calm, and it was for the Saatchi yes. Gallery. Yeah. Yes. So that was yes, so that I, was called from walking from darkness to light, and and I can I've, I've seen it and I can picture it, and and I'll do a link to your website as well on the on the show okay. notes. Um, yep. So people can take a, take a look at it. But would you say at this point now that you have you have walked into the light now? I am walking it... into the light now, yes. Yeah. I still have my days. But then I now know the signs of how to deal, what it is and how to deal with it. And, and I will draw or I will paint and I will, bright, so I will paint something very bright. And that's why all the bright colours, because to me... How can you not smile when you see the colour yellow? It's a lovely, bright colour. How yeah. can you not, you know, and there's other colours like that as well, but how can you not smile when you see those colours? Mm. And that's and that effectively is what it all is all about. And you, you walk into a room and there's some really bright art on the wall. You can't help, but it raises, it raises a feeling of happiness inside you. And yeah. I've had lots and lots of people say that to me about my art. And that's exactly what I want to do. I just want to make everybody, I want to make other people smile. It's as simple yeah. as that. It's as simple as that. I've, I've been in a dark place. I've been there. And I don't want to be there anymore. And I don't want other people to be there either. And that's what I'm saying. If I can save somebody else or just make other people feel better on a miserable day, then it's job done. Yes. Than, than the loss of the children and all of that has been worth its while yeah there's something positive come out of something negative which is the way it has to be i will not accept anything else at what point did you kind of move from did you when you recognize that the art had been a good therapy for you at what point did you sort of start to think actually i wonder if i can take this to other people to other men it, and help uh, them. It really at the Saatchi show, because I sat and read the brochure, <laughs> um, 
and, and the statistics appalled me. They utterly appalled me. And I, I, I felt really quite sick inside that that many people had, had made that awful decision to take their own life because they had nobody to talk to or didn't feel that they could talk to anybody. I have people here that don't utter a word. But that's fine. Mm. I can be just as manly as them and we don't have to talk. But as long as you express yourself, as long as it comes out somehow, I then have the backup of my sister-in-law works for a mental health trust in the NHS. So effectively, at the point I feel is relevant and they've started to talk about things or started to open up or I've got the ball rolling, I then pass them on to her and then mm-hmm. she deals with them. And then the professionals get involved. And I I'm guess by that point, they, they've also, but they've still always got that um, ability to express themselves through the art that you've yes, yes shown exactly. them how to and do. That's exactly the whole thing. Because you see, a lot, a lot of blokes, a lot of people on site won't talk to a suit. Yeah. Because then they're not one of us. They're a different breed. A suit is a different breed. They wouldn't, they wouldn't understand someone that earns a living with a trowel or a hammer. Mm. And there's a lot of that that goes on. Right, but because so- I, I, I come from the same ground as they come from. I, I can get on with a lot of people like that, you see. And that's, I'm not saying that that's the only men that have this sort of issue, but that's what I, I've seen. And yes. I've seen on a lot of big sites I've worked on and over the years. And, you know, you're all right, John. Yeah, fine. Comes the answer. You have that for a couple of days. On Wednesday, you say to me, Where's John today? Oh, he jumped off London Bridge last night. Well, John obviously wasn't fine then, was he? Mm. On a building site, finds the only answer you'll ever get. So, therefore, what I found to do is to have a quiet word when there's only the two of us around and then say, Look, this is what we can do, this is what we do. Take it or leave it. If you want to come, then you're more than welcome. These are the times. So, at the moment, is it just kind of through word of mouth that people that yes. you know yeah who you, people yeah. that i see yeah people that are in situations that are not good um you know through family and friends and things yeah. like that at the moment through work colleagues and people friends of friends that sort of thing um, but your your wider vision then is to actually take this out kind yes of uh, the on, general you know, on yes yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah. totally but, you know, acorns and oak trees and all that. Absolutely. But, you know, given how far you've come on in, what, just two years and, yeah. you know, and of course the last year has, you know, been, a, you know, not an ordinary year to say the least. No. But, you know, it, it's just amazing the progress that you've made. And it's, and it's a real, I heard for me, it's a real, your story is, is one of, of hope really that actually you know there is there is a way forward even when you are in those sort of darkest moments yep there's always light at the end of the tunnel Mm. there's another painting there's an idea for another painting look light at the end of the tunnel what's been the overriding lesson of all of this there is always light at the end of the tunnel there's Mm. always hope always 
doesn't matter doesn't matter how dark the situation is doesn't matter how bad the situation is there's always somebody worse off and you just have to take that step forward keep moving forward don't be an owl i said to somebody the other day and they looked at me so strangely and i said yeah but look think about it in a logical sense can you turn your head round like an owl and look behind you no well look forward then because what's done is done you ain't an owl look forward you can't you can't do anything about what's already done you can't do anything about the past mm. i've been up night after night for years worrying about it oh if i hadn't said this i hadn't done that i hadn't done this i hadn't done that would this not have happened would that not have happened but it's done isn't it but you learn and you move forward. You see, and this is also with the site work. And they come here and they see my house and we sit here in the garden and we have a cup of tea or a beer or whatever. And we're doing some painting and they get into their painting. And then I, you see, if I was on site and say to them, well, what actually happened? How do you feel about losing your children? They'd clam up. They wouldn't say nothing. Yeah. But here in this very relaxed area, very relaxed atmosphere, I've noticed that I can then sort of say something and it all comes out of them. But they didn't mean to say it. It just, no. it just comes out. And I'm like, cool, good. Because yeah. now you'll go home and feel better. Yeah. Now you realise that, you know, look, and this is the way forward. This is what you need to do. You know, and if you think she's an horrible person or he's a horrible person or this or that, create a picture about it. Create something about it. Make something positive. Uh, something negative make produce a picture even if it's just red marker pen and big scribbles and big crosses because you don't you don't want to deal with her anymore or yeah. whatever it is it's an expression it doesn't it? matter it's an expression of how you feel mm. today but keep it because tomorrow might be yellow sunshines because you feel better but you need to see the progression from the start to the finish very interesting. I'm just sort of blown away by having, you know, having known you now for, you know, for a number of years and sort of seeing you go through all of this, that it's just, you know, it's just so nice to, to see you just having that real ability to, to help others. You know, it's, it's what an amazing thing to have come out of all of this. So what would be your, your final sort of, top tip for somebody who um you know has experienced loss and is in a is in a dark place at the moment what would be your top tip to them find somebody else that you feel you can talk to talking is is the key um it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody that you know it can be somebody that you only know on, on acquaintances do you know mm. what i mean um and there is always, there's always a future. It might not seem like it right now, but there is always light at the end of the tunnel. From darkness into light. It's yeah. as simple as that. And it, is, and it really is as simple as that. You know, there's, there's always light. I, I just totally won't believe that there's not. Which just there's gives hope, doesn't it? Yes, there is always hope. There's always hope. 
And I, I think that's a really, really powerful thing. And there's, there's always movement forward. Don't be an owl. Don't yeah. look backward. Yes, it is difficult sometimes. It's extremely difficult at three o'clock in the morning when you're wide awake and your head's whizzing around like a lunatic. I now get up. I've now found, I now get up, come to my art studio and I'll paint and draw for a bit. Get the demons out in whatever form it is and go back to bed and go back to sleep. Dealt with. Yeah. Whereas before, I'd be up, you know, at six o'clock when I've got to get up. I'm now dead tired. Yeah, tossing wanna, and turning. Yeah, all night and haven't slept and, you know, and it, it just gets worse and worse and worse mm. and worse. You know, but that's, yeah. that's it's just a way to deal with it and a way that I found to deal with it. I mean, everybody has their own ways of dealing with things, but I, this is a form of expressionism. Well, we, all, we all need our ways to express, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. And I think what strikes me is that, you know, you're you're producing something that is an expression of your feelings and emotions, yet other people come along and see it and it speaks volumes to them in perhaps yeah. a completely different context. Different way. Totally. But totally. It, it, it but speaks art. to them. But that's art. In, 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 in its truest form. And that, you go, you go, we're going back to the pineapple again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ten artists, ten people, students, artists, people off the street, draw a paint a pineapple. I don't want it all the same because every, people see different things. It's all to do with the light, to do with the colours, the way your eyes work. Did you know what I mean? And that's, that's the beautiful thing with art, is it's so open to everybody. And that's what, I, that's what I, I just want to get the world to just to see that. Happy. So how can people find you? Through Why Not Art. Well, I wish you, you know, every success with your, you know, your future project in, you know, putting together a, a retreat where men can come and start to sort of see that glimpse of a light at the end of the tunnel and to to know that they can begin those steps of walking yeah. forwards from darkness exactly. into light. That's it. And thank you yeah. so much for being my very first guest on my That's very no, first no podcast. No problem at all. No it's problem. Totally enjoyed it. been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure doing it for you, Rachel. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Greg and got something from it that you can take forward to use in your own life. If it's brought up stuff for you, please reach out for support, talk to someone, even start doodling. Greg's work can be seen at whynotart.co.uk. That's not with a K, like a knot that you tie. Huge thanks to everyone within my support network enabling me to get this podcast off the ground. And special thanks to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music he produced just for me. And finally, thanks to you for listening. I'll be back in two weeks time with another guest. Thank you.